Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm joined by the wonderful writer and director Adam Agoyan to talk all about his latest film, Seven Veils. And I wanted to start off by talking about your personal relationship with the material because um, it's centered around the opera Salome, which you yourself staged in 1996 and then again recently. Um, and we see Amanda Seyfried's character kind of revisiting material that's been sitting with her for a long time. And I was interested in in the writing of this, how you determined how much of your personal experience of revisiting Salome you wanted to carry into her character's creative process. Oh, I, I think you've said it all. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. It was I, I uh, when I found out that the Canadian Opera Company wanted to remount this after after so many years, I, I obviously had a lot of issues and questions because we're not living in 1996 anymore. And uh, it was a provocative production then. It was quite extreme. And I, I felt a lot of issues around reconstructing those scenes in our time. And uh, I knew that I couldn't really change anything because it's a remount and we don't have the time. But I, I began to imagine this character who could imagine changing things. So then that became very liberating um, because she became both an, an avatar for my, my own sense of what the project meant for me creatively, but it also, I, she has her own relationship to the material and has her own relationship to someone like me, I suppose, who she might've had a, uh, a relationship with uh, and is now calling into question. Like um, I can't get into all the complexities of that, but but it really um, that I found that uh, very rich, very rich for me uh, in terms of what her character is going through and reassessing uh, both her own childhood, which she, you know, which she talked about with the original director, and, the, and we gather that director has used elements of her own childhood in this production, but now she gets to reclaim that and also understand that there were uh, lines that were blurred I suppose and and she's trying to realign all that within the administrative demands of this opera company that has its own agenda so it's very it's loaded right and so I needed uh, a performer that was able to uh, really run with that and 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 uh, and create those contours that are just so distinct and particular to this particular journey. So yeah, I, I, I was thrilled that Amanda was as excited as I was in, in inviting her to, to be on the film. And it must also be really great in to have the ability to deconstruct the material in a in a really different way in the film because you're really kind of deconstructing the characters on screen for us. We're seeing very much behind the veil in the rehearsals, conversations about directorial choices, conversations about character, what the story means. And so did you find that that evolved and changed your relationship with the material as well? That's a great question. I mean, to be perfectly honest, there wasn't a lot of time to change I mean, the opera was what it was. I mean, you know, like for those of you who know, when you remount, you don't have a lot of time. So you, you really need to just put it on its feet and, and bring it back to what it was. But but um, to then have the film shoot around that, because of the way opera works, once it's open, the, the, the cast is, is in town, right? So so they're, they're just waiting between performances. So to then bring them back into the rehearsal space and say, okay, so let's imagine we're going this way or that way, Knowing that what they were going to do that night uh, was going to be the same, they weren't going to they weren't going to shift anything as a result of what we were doing in the film rehearsal. So, 
so but it, it it did allow us to extend it and it was very unusual i'm realizing now it's, it was a very unusual situation and um uh so so some of the things that she's doing with the with the production in film would not have been possible for her to do on stage and many of them have been absorbed into this remounts like over the years like it's been remounted seven times so it's very different from the original production in 1996 but um so this film production has absorbed many of the changes as though she's making them on the spot so i also got to to, to kind of understand what my own parameters were in being able to 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 make that seem as though they were spontaneous decisions on her part and she's such a great actress she makes them feel spontaneous like she it makes it feel as though she's coming up with those ideas on them at the moment. And when we get to see her come up with with ideas and suggestions or the conversations that she's having, it's also stemming from her revisiting her own memories in her personal life as well and kind of who she is as a character. And so how did you set about kind of finding those instances of what are the creative choices that she's going to make and how is she going to approach it as a director based on who she is as a character and, and the experiences that she's having with her memory? Great question. Uh, I think that this is what makes it such an unusual character. So, so we're used to seeing characters who are who are dealing with trauma, and very often those traumas have been repressed uh, or suppressed in some way. And in the course of the film, um, they they bubble up. In her case, uh, all those moments are quite available to her. There's nothing hidden in her past, uh, and we gather that because other people know about it, and and she's obviously shared it with other people in her younger version of herself. But uh, what she wasn't anticipating was that uh, reconstructing those moments that have been effectively appropriated by other artists would actually generate a whole different feeling of trauma. That suddenly she's dealing with the trauma of having the, let's say the administration of the opera company put uh, parameters on her or tell her not to do things, or she's dealing with the fact that it may not be as good as what the original production was and how much does that reflect on her own ability to articulate her own connection to her trauma and so it becomes really multi-layered in a way that i think is quite unusual and so it's a very singular character i don't i i don't can't think of a character quite like janine and especially the way amanda plays it so it's not that these suddenly these memories come spilling back. They were all always there and they were quite available and they were actually fetishized and presented on stage. But now she's directing them. And uh, as opposed to just, you know, watching someone else take her history, she's now having to reconstruct it. But she's also aware of the limitations that like the performers may not actually get to the same level as the original performers. And that's frustrating her no end and kind of creating a its own form of madness. So it's, yeah, I, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the result of a very unusual alchemy between, um, well, also, I, I thought, of, it's funny, like, I think when we worked together 15 years ago on Chloe, we we're also dealing with this notion of a frustrated desire where someone really believes that they, um, they need to be with someone else who's not giving that back to them. And so we have a number of relationships which reflect that in this film, but at the core of it is, is a production of something which is not giving back to her 
what she demands from it and what she has come to expect from it. And that's really because of her own limitations to convey to others and ignite them with the passion that she felt. My God, this is so complicated speaking about it. Um, I'm just blathering on. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I really like that point about the fact that it's not surfacing memories it's that they've always been available to her and at the same time the film allows her to be a very introspective character and it feels like you never rush those moments and so did you have a very particular sense of like the pacing and just scenes where you really wanted to allow us just to sit with the character because there's there's moments where we're watching Amanda's performance and we're not even necessarily seeing her speak any dialogue on screen and yet we're channeled into what it is that she's thinking about yeah um that because so much of of um, our own experiences when we when we're in the theater, live theater, uh, are about these these emotions we're trying to reconcile between what we're seeing on stage and in our own histories. So I wanted because I knew that I could watch her endlessly. You know, she's she's such a expressive actor. So I, I felt that you know if 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 she's feeling those things, then the camera will be able to absorb that and project it back to the viewer. And that would be part of the experience of watching the film. So yes, you're right. There are, there are large, there are moments where she's watching what's on stage, but we're hearing this incredible music and, and, and we, we get glimpses of what's happening on stage and understand that, you know, it's quite extreme. And, and there are moments that we might want to um, look away, but, but we can't because we're always watching it through her. It's, it's very much like even on the, the Skype conversations that she's having with her family, we're, we're always seeing the reflection of her face. So, so we're seeing what she's watching, but we're also seeing that she's watching it. So she's the constant through the whole film. Did you always want her to be an observer in her own story? Because, you, you know, you're talking about the Skype calls with her family where she's watching her family's life continue in, in the home, but she's not able to be there because she's working on this production. And even as a director, you know, she's sitting at a table watching the performers and watching the things kind of like in motion around her quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it. The objectification of it all, you know, becomes part of the process of her uh, journey that she's able to see it from from a distance and you know when we look at some of these videos of her childhood we also have to understand that she was behind that camera right so she's she's kind of used to having directed it and or you know being involved in that more surgical space you know of watching it and and yet she also understands that in order to generate those emotions she has to invest herself in it at the same time and um yeah it's 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 uh it's complex but i i i felt that i mean if you're asking me did i understand exactly where i was positioning everything i don't think you do i think some of it is intuitive but now when you watch it with some distance you you can see that sometimes you get the calibrations right sometimes you don't but i i think that um you know in this case it was uh, it was even in the post like those reflections of her on the computer uh, when we see her face were not in the they were not pre envisioned but but they came to us in post oh we can do that we can with the special effects we can actually generate that reflection so she's actually embedded in it as an observer so so it's um, it evolved 
I also really like the way that you use the camera stylistically in a couple of different ways. There's moments where the camera is very still with her. And then there's moments where you're, you're um, invoking handheld camera to have a little bit more of that, you know, motion and movement behind the scenes. And so how did you determine the language that you wanted to use with the camera and the different movements and motions? Uh, well, I, I, I believe that the handheld is mostly Janine's own camera work or her father's camera work. So the, the handheld is mostly uh, uh, on video cameras or cell phones. There are no, you're right. There are moments when the action on on stage is also uh, being. Uh, I think that the that, that handheld really does evoke this more uh, intimate, direct contact one has with the with with the object of of what's being filmed but it, it there's a there's a an immediacy about it as opposed to what the film camera is doing with these very soft you know gliding movements and you know which are more um uh, uh cool are more cool i suppose they're they're cool as opposed to you know where she's working on her own journal for the opera company um i think you're 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 seeing you're seeing and and actually when i look at the material that i shot myself with my own camera of the various productions historically, they were just um, uh, very um, spontaneous, and and you feel the spontaneity, and you feel that th those are coming from a different source. So it's, uh, I think, it, it creates an interesting um, contrast, but it's not necessarily intellectually planned. It's it's pretty emotionally calibrated, I suppose. I think and, it's always the danger is that you, 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 I could kind of tell you things were designed a certain way, but they're not, but they feel that way uh, because I think they're, they, they found the right place in, in the order of things. And that's what editing, you know, becomes a really the, the, the last draft, right? You're, you're trying to select those moments. And in this case, there's so much material because as I say, I've been shooting this, these productions for many years, right? And so I, I had this, this, this wealth of imagery um, that she's now watching because she's looking at archival footage as she's preparing to do the remount. She has to look at the productions that have gone on before, ones that have moved her and and had a strong effect. And now she's trying to regenerate that same feeling with, with singers that may not um, respond the same way that those singers historically did. And that's frustrating her no end because she's feeling her own limitations. And, and with the video projection that you use in the film, because it's something that's part of the staged version within the film, was that something that came from your own stage version or was that yeah. something that you pulled yeah, into no, the film that's, specifically? That's baked into the film. So so what, what is unusual about this production, and I think it's what, it was the first production like ever that used the, the Dance of the Seven Veils as kind of a flashback. So rather than have the, the, the singer, you know, do a dance for eight minutes, we basically have her sit on a swing and she is lifted up and her skirt turns into a large screen. And then for eight minutes, we're shown flashbacks of her childhood. And, and one of the most important images is of this girl walking through a forest blindfolded. So um, that the story behind that is what's revealed in the film and, and how the director took that image from Janine's own childhood. They were having a, a relationship we gather and, and she told him this story and he got so excited about it that he put it into his production. And so she saw her own childhood being um, represented and, and, and absorbed, but then also taken into this uh, very, very extreme violent place that she now has to kind of recalibrate. 
um, and has to deal with, right? So, yeah, it's 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 working at a number of different levels. But to be sure, yes, that that there most of the images that you're seeing on stage, all of them, I would say, are actually in the production. Now, this this production has evolved in the various incarnations over seven years. So some of them have been gradually absorbed into the production, but but everything that you're seeing in this film was on stage in Toronto eight months ago. And and it feels very specific in terms of which moments of the creative process and which scenes from within Salome we're seeing deconstructed throughout the film. Did you always have a keen sense or an idea early on in the, the process of making this film of these are the scenes that are going to kind of move the story forward or tell us yes, the most about yes, this character? Yes. Absolutely, because you only have some, you know, you can only use, uh, you can't tell the whole story. And, and and thankfully, in this case, the narrative is pretty simple. Like Salome wants to kiss John the Baptist. He doesn't let her. So he, she, she has him beheaded so she can, she can, she can kiss him. That part of the story is clear, but there's a whole other narrative at the beginning between two other characters who are also feeling the sense of frustrated desire. So there's a chain of frustrated desire, which is not necessarily clear in the play. But this this production uh, really elaborates that. That's to say that there, um, while Salome is singing to John the Baptist about what she's feeling towards him, there are these two other characters who are choreographed in this dance that's happening um, upstage, and and um, that's very particular to this production and this interpretation. And it's what she uh, in the rehearsal process is really uh, trying to establish is the relationship you know much of the frustration of the singers playing Salome and John the Baptist who are sort of sidelined as she's really absorbed with these two other characters who are also in this dance of frustrated desire and um so that's um that's that's evident in the production but also we we focused on that in in um in our in this in the rehearsals that we used for the film and you were talking a little bit before about post-production and, and kind of how the editing process really makes certain things kind of feel very cohesive or feel very clear once you're in the edit room. And so in terms of editing this film, what were some of the scenes that you feel really found themselves in the post-production part of the process for you? Um, well, the whole latter part of the film. I mean, we we this uh, idea of her coming back to the rehearsal, uh, to, to the opening night. So we see Janine... Uh, coming back to the opening night and filming the the last performance and then she makes a decision which was actually not in the script but we actually generated it uh while we were shooting and then it became really the ending of the film so uh that was the whole the whole latter part of the film um was found during the editing process as was you know the intricacies of the dance the dance which is the sort of the set piece that was really layered during the editing process. We had the luxury of uh, being able to shoot the the day of um, her childhood um, after the main unit. So we were able to kind of focus on how we would use those shots in the edit itself, which was a luxury, you know, for, for a film that was shot in 19 days. I mean, this was, we had so little time, but we did have that one day that we knew in the early spring that we'd be able to, and we had a rough edit at that point. So we were able to actually design those shots for the edit itself. I really love that. And it's it's so interesting hearing all the details that went into, you know, all the complexities of this film. So congratulations on the movie. And thank you so much, Adam. I really appreciate oh, talking to you. Thank you so much. That was a great conversation. Thank you.